Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planadan, and you're in the right place to be ready to create an inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development. So we can be strong role models for those who love and mentor and be strong for ourselves and learn and grow and flourish. Today is chapter 29 in our Queen's University journey together. And inattentional blindness is the theme for this chapter. Last chapter, we learned that inattentional blindness was the failure to notice a fully visible object when attention is devoted to something else. And I'm going to give you a personal example of this just happening to me the other day. I was at Costco uh, trying to analyze the checkout situation, (laughs) which line to go to. And I was looking in the far distance because I thought, oh, that line looks good. And I started heading that way. Meanwhile, right beside was a gentleman at the checkout who was waving away at me, trying to get my attention because that line was open. There was nobody in that line. So I thought, wow, that is fascinating. So the next time that happens to you, you'll know what on earth is going on in your mind. All right, let's not waste any more time. Here we go with chapter 29. Failures of awareness, the case of inattentional blindness. We think important objects and events in our world will automatically grab our attention, but they often don't, particularly when our attention is focused on something else. The failure to notice unexpected objects or events when attention is focused elsewhere is now known as inintentional blindness. The study of such failures of awareness has a long history, but their practical importance has received increased attention over the past decade. This module describes the history and the status of research on inintentional blindness, discusses the reasons why we find these results to be counterintuitive, and the implications of failures of awareness for how we see and act in the world. As usual, our learning objectives is what you should keep in the back of your mind as you're reading this together or just listening to it. But the first one is learn about inintentional blindness and why it occurs. Identify ways in which failures of awareness are counterintuitive and better understand the link between focused attention and failures of awareness. Do you regularly spot editing errors in movies? Can you multitask effectively, texting while talking with your friends or watching television? Are you fully aware of your surroundings? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you're not alone. And you're most likely wrong. More than 50 years ago, experimental psychologists began documenting the many ways that our perception of the world is limited, not by our eyes and ears, but by our minds. We appear able to process only one stream of information at a time, effectively filtering other information from awareness. To a large extent, we perceive only that which receives the focus of our cognitive efforts, our attention. Imagine the following task, known as dichotic listening. You put on a set of headphones that play two completely different speech streams, one to your left ear and one to your right ear. Your task is to repeat each syllable spoken into your left ear as quickly and as accurately as possible, mimicking each sound as you hear it. When performing this attention-demanding task, you won't notice if the speaker is in your right ear, switches to a different language, or is replaced by a different speaker with a similar voice. You won't notice if the content of their speech becomes nonsensical. In effect, 
you are deaf to the substance of the ignored speech. But that is not because of the limits of your auditory senses. It is a form of cognitive deafness due to the nature of focused selective attention. Even if the speaker on your right headphone says your name, you will notice it only one third of the time. And at least by some accounts, you only you only notice it that often because you still devote some of your limited attention to the ignored speech stream. In this task, you will tend to notice only large physical changes, but not substantive ones, except in rare cases. This selective listening task highlights the power of attention to filter extraneous information from awareness while letting in only those elements of our world that we want to hear. Focused attention is crucial to our powers of observation, making it possible for us to zero in on what we want to see or hear while filtering out irrelevant distractions, but it has consequences as well. We can miss what would otherwise be obvious and important signals. The same pattern holds for vision. In a groundbreaking series of studies in the 70s and early 80s, Neisser and his colleagues devised a visual analog of dichotic listening tasks. Their subject viewed a video of two distinct but partially transparent and overlapping events. For example, one might even involve two people playing a hand clapping game and the other might show people passing a ball. Because the two events were partially transparent and overlapping, both produced sensory signals on the retina, regardless of which event received the participant's attention. When participants were asked to monitor one of the events by counting the number of times the actors performed an action, for example, hand clapping or completed passes, they often failed to notice unexpected events in the ignored video stream. Example, the hand clapping players stopped their game and shaking hands. <laughs> As for dichotic listening, the participants were unaware of events happening outside the focus of their attention. Even when looking right at them, they could tell that other stuff was happening on the screen, but many were unaware of the meaning or substance of that stuff. To test the power of selective attention to induce failures of awareness, Neiser and colleagues designed a variant of this task in which participants watched a video of two teams of players, one wearing white shirts, one wearing black shirts. Subjects were asked to press a key whenever the player in white successfully passed a ball, but to ignore the players in black. As for the other videos, the teams were filmed separately and then superimposed so that they literally occupied the same space. They were partially transparent. Partway through the video, a person wearing a raincoat and carrying an umbrella strolled through the scene. People were so intently focused on spotting passes that they often missed the umbrella woman. These surprising findings were well known in the field, but for decades, researchers dismissed their implications because the displays had such odd, ghostly appearance. Of course, we would notice if the displays were fully opaque and vivid rather than partly transparent and grainy. Surprisingly, no studies were built on Neisner's method for nearly 20 years. Inspired by these counterintuitive findings, and after discussing them with Neisser himself, Christopher Chabry and I revisited them in the late 1990s. We replicated Neisser's work again, finding many people missed the umbrella woman when all of the actors in the video were partially transparent and occupying the same space. But we added another wrinkle. 
a version in the video in which all of the actions of both teams of players were choreographed and filmed with a single camera. The players moved in and around each other and were fully visible in the most dramatic version. We had a woman in a gorilla suit in walk into the scene, stop to face the camera, thump her chest, and then walk off the other side after nine seconds on screen. Fully half the observers missed the gorilla when counting passes by the team in white. This phenomenon is known as inintentional blindness, the surprising failure to notice an unexpected object or event when attention is focused on something else. The past 15 years has seen a surge of interest in such failures of awareness, and we now have a better handle on the fa factors that cause people to miss unexpected events, as well as the range of situations in which inintentional blindness occurs. People are much more likely to notice unexpected objects that share features with the attended items in a display. For example, if you count passes by the players wearing black, you are more likely to notice the gorilla than if you count passes by the players wearing white because the color of the gorilla more closely matches that of the black-shirted players. However, even unique items can go unnoticed. In one task, people monitor black shapes and ignoring white shapes that moved around a computer window. Approximately 30% of them fail to detect the bright red cross traversing the display, even though it was only colored item and was visible for five seconds. Another crucial influence on noticing is the effort you put into the attention demanding task. If you have to keep separate accounts of bounce passes and aerial passes, you are less likely to notice the gorilla. And if you are tracking faster moving objects, you are less likely to notice slower moving objects. You can even miss unexpected visual objects when you devote your limited cognitive resources to a memory task. So the limits are not purely visual. Instead, they appear to reflect limits on the capacity of attention. Without attention to the unexpected event, you are unlikely to become aware of it. The more effort a cognitive task requires, the more likely it becomes that you'll miss noticing something significant. Inintentional blindness is not just a laboratory curiosity. It also occurs in the real world and under more natural conditions. In a recent study, Shabri and colleagues simulated a famous police misconduct case in which Boston police officer was convicted of lying because he claimed not to have seen a brutal beating. At the time, he had been chasing a murder suspect and ran right past the scene of the brutal assault. In Chivry's simulation, subjects jogged behind an experimenter who ran right past a simulated fight scene. At night, 65% missed the fight scene. Even during broad daylight, 44% of observers jogged right past it without noticing, lending some plausibility to the Boston cop's story that he was telling the truth and never saw the beating. Perhaps more importantly, auditory distractions can induce real-world failures to see. Although people believe they can multitask, few can. And talking on a phone while driving or walking decreases situation awareness and increases the chance that people will miss something important. And in dramatic illustration of cell phone-induced inintentional blindness, 
Ira Hyman observed that people talking on a cell phone as they walked across a college campus were less likely than other pedestrians to notice a unicycling clown who rode across their path. <laughs> oh, too funny. Recently, the study of this short sort of awareness failure has returned to its roots in studies of listening, with studies documenting inattentional deafness when listening to a set of spatially localized conversations over headphones, people often fail to notice the voice of a person walking through the scene repeatedly stating, I'm a gorilla. Under conditions of focused attention, we see and hear far less of the unattended information than we might expect. We now have a good understanding of the ways in which focused attention affects the detection of unexpected objects falling outside that focus. The greater the demands on attention, the less likely people are to notice objects falling outside their attention. The more like the ignored you know, elements of a scene, the less likely people are to notice. And the more distracted we are, the less likely we are to be aware of our surroundings. Under conditions of distraction, we effectively develop tunnel vision. Despite this growing understanding of the limits of attention and the factors that lead to more or less noticing, we have relatively less understanding of individual differences in noticing. Do some people consistently notice the unexpected while others are obviously unaware of their surroundings? Or are we all subject to in, inattentional blindness due to structural limits on the nature of attention? The question remains controversial. A few studies suggest that those people who have greater working memory capacity are more likely to notice unexpected objects. In effect, those who have more resources available when focusing attention are more likely to spot other aspects of their world. However, other studies find that no such relationship. Those with greater working memory capacity are not any more likely to spot an unexpected object or event. There are theoretical reasons to predict each pattern. With more resources available, people should be more likely to notice. However, people with greater working memory capacity also tend to be better able to maintain their focus on the prescribed task, meaning that they should be less likely to notice. At least one study suggests that the ability to perform a task does not predict the likelihood of noticing. In a study I conducted with Melinda Jensen, we measured how well people could track moving objects around a display, gradually increasing the speed until people reached a level of 75% accuracy. Tracking ability varied greatly. Some people could track objects at more than twice the speeds others could, yet the ability to track objects more easily was unrelated to the odds of noticing an unexpected event. Apparently, as long as people try to perform the tracking task, they are relatively unlikely to notice unexpected events. What makes these findings interesting and important is that they run counter to our intuitions. Most people are confident they would notice the chest-thumping gorilla. In fact, nearly 90% believe they would spot the gorilla. And in a national survey, 78% agreed with the statement. People generally noticed when something unexpected enters the field of view, even when they're paying attention to something else. Similarly, people are convinced that they would spot errors in movies or changes to a conversation partner. We think we see and remember far more of our surroundings than we actually do. 
But why do we have such mistaken intuitions? One explanation from this mistaken intuition is that our experiences themselves mislead us. We rarely experience a study situation such as a guerrilla experiment in which we are forced to confront something obvious that we just missed. That partly explains why demonstrations such as that one are so powerful. We expect that we would notice the gorilla, and we cannot readily explain away our failure to notice it. Most of the time, we are happily unaware of what we have missed, but we are fully aware of those elements of a scene that we have noticed. Consequently, if we assume our experiences are representative of the state of the world, we conclude that we notice unexpected events. We don't easily think about what we're missing. Given the limits on attention, coupled with our mistaken impression that important events will capture our attention, how has our species survived? Why weren't our ancestors eaten by unexpected predators? One reason is that our ability to focus attention intently might have been more evolutionary useful than the ability to notice unexpected events. After all, for an event to be unexpected, it must occur relatively infrequently. Moreover, most events don't require our immediate attention. So if unintentional blindness delays our ability to notice the events, the consequences could well be minimal. In a social context, others might notice that event and call attention to it. Although unintentional blindness might have had minimal consequences over the course of our evolutionary history, it does have consequences now. At pedestrian speeds and with minimal distraction, unintentional blindness might not matter for survival. But in modern society, we face greater distractions and move at greater speeds. And even a minor delay in noticing something unexpected can mean the difference between a fender bender and a lethal collision. Talking on a phone increases your odds of missing a unicycling clown. It likely also increases your odds of missing the child who runs into the street or the car that runs a red light. Why then do people continue to talk on the phone when driving? The reason might well be the same mistaken intuition that makes unintentional blindness surprising. Drivers simply do not notice how distracted they are when they are talking on the phone. So they believe they can just drive as well when talking on a phone, even though they can't. So what can you do about unintentional blindness? The short answer appears to be not much. There is no magical elixir that will overcome the limits on attention, allowing you to notice everything. And that would not be a good outcome anyways. But there is something you can do to mitigate the consequences of such limits. Now that you know about unintentional blindness, you can take steps to limit its impact by recognizing how your intuitions will lead you astray. First, maximize the attention you do have available by avoiding distractions, especially under conditions for which an unexpected event might be catastrophic. The ring of a new call or the ding of a new text are hard to resist, so make it impossible to succumb to the temptation by turning your phone off or putting it somewhere out of reach when you are driving. If you know that you will be tempted and you know that you <laughs> you know that using your phone will increase unintentional blindness, you must be proactive. Second, pay attention to what others might not notice. If you are a bicyclist, don't assume that the driver sees you, even if they appear to make eye contact. Looking is not the same as seeing. 
Only by understanding the limits of attention and by recognizing our mistaken beliefs about what we know to be true can we avoid the modern-day consequences of those limits. Are you susceptible to errors? There's two videos in this chapter that I will uh, include a link uh, in the show notes about this as well, just so you can uh, you know, try it out so you can see, see what it is and test your awareness in the big picture. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chapter on inintentional blindness in more detail. It is interesting how distracted us humans really can get. And uh, I know myself, I gave you that story in the beginning, right? Well, if you like the show, share it with someone you know. And please hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss the next chapter. We're on a journey together to live a more inspired life.